Hello, Mike here. Just a quick note on this episode. Since this episode was recorded, Board Game Arena has been sold to Asmodee. Elite Cadre. Mike, podcast. sorry, just before we go on any further, then we need to address the elephant in the room. Which Alex isn't here yet. Oh, no, you are, Alex. Oh, Nick's not here yet. Nick's not here yet, yeah. Can we, can we I've wait? lost weight, I'll have you know. <laughs> no, no mate, if we're talking about that, I am Dang. definitely the elephant in the room. Yeah, uh, no, no. <laughs> Let's not go there, shall we? <laughs> yeah. We're not going to have a girth measuring something. That was almost the best and worst time for Benj to cut out. It was just beautiful was. on every level. It was, it was fantastic. Out. All he broke in oh. were the words girth measuring. And <laughs> Anyway. Yep. I've been Alex. <laughs> nice. So, uh, I feel I should explain. We're back by unpopular request. Um, I'm Mike. I'm Kurt. I'm Alex. It's going to be a long recording, guys. Isn't it? <laughs> so I got Alex went second. You see, Alex usually went second. The sound in the background is Benj. Is it me? Is it you? You're looking for. You no, know, I'm just thinking. I think he's having an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, because you just appear every so often, like yeah. random bits, bits of laughter. It's, it's kind of odd in every single way. Um, obviously, we've been away for a while um, because the world has turned to apocalypse and. Well, it just seemed like wargaming, uh, less of a thing that was no, done. we've been away because someone took away all our toy soldiers, or at least our ability to play with them. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, that's fundamentally I mean, To be why. fair, the question is if we had any ability to play with them before. Oh, that, that's a different question. Yeah, exactly. It's that, That's a whole different board ability, game. Ability to and ability with... I'm not sure how you define grammar there. Mm. It's a grammar quandary, isn't it? I mean, on, on the upside, being locked in, we've had loads of opportunity to paint miniatures, isn't that right, Mike? Uh, my paints have not been in the same county as me for now. Oh god, five months. Yeah, I more gaming online anyway. Apparently, uh, some some more gaming has moved online. Yes, there is a new site for War Machine Hordes Wargaming, which I do not know the name of because I don't really do tabletop. Well, uh, war games online. I don't know about anyone else's experience. Tried it a little bit. Tried to board games online. Not. I can't really. It's not really. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I bought uh, Tabletop Simulator, have booted it, I think, once and realised that my laptop is that poor that it can't even run that. So, See, for, for board games, I actually do have a different solution for you. And this is one that uh, I've been using with a, a bunch of friends just recently. Um, it's uh, boardgamearena.com. And okay. um, while I absolutely love um, the stuff on Steam like um, Wingspan, 
I realise yep. that not everyone can run that level of stuff on their PC. They don't have a machine that's really capable. Um, or you'll have multiple people sharing the same machine when they're going into voice chat or whatever. Because that's the, the tabletop group we have. Like, four people share two different tablets, essentially, to play. Um, and this is just a board game site that runs in a web browser. Well, that's cool. Um, and we, we, could is, um, we could... We could... We could come back to Wingspan a bit later. I'd like to talk about. I'd like to listen about Wingspan because I've been considering getting it for my mum. Oh, okay. Yep. No, I, so I can certainly talk your ear off at uh, Wingspan. It's a look. Excellent. Um, but uh, board- until next week, guys. Well, uh, <laughs> hope you have happy gaming. But yes, uh, Board Game Arena. Um, it's like a French community site. Um, they offer a premium membership, um, which is essentially as long as one person in your group has a premium membership you can start any game with no wait times it's all lovely jubbly if you don't have premium members then you have to and you can't launch some of the game but at two euros a month it's not exactly okay not my time yeah not breaking the bank but uh, no as a, as a group of us uh, meet up most saturdays and most tuesdays um and just play board games um cool stuff like uh welcome to uh draftosaurus uh, Alhambra, Marrakesh, so like you know, decently well-known board games. Um. Uh, we attempted Welcome to on Christmas Day over Zoom, and it kind of worked. So, for people who aren't aware of uh, Welcome to, uh, uh, Kurt, Alex, or do you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I know it or not. Yeah. Rings a bell, but I don't think I've seen it properly. So, good game. Welcome to is I mean it's it's got a full title. It's Welcome to your dream home, I think is that. Um, but it's essentially a game where you're given a sheet of paper which has like three streets of houses, and then sort of loads of little boxes at the bottom to to, to check off. Um, some will have like you know a swimming pool icon by them, or a park, uh, or a, a, a mailbox, um, and you'll tick various things again. But what you're essentially trying to do is populate these three streets from random cards that are going to be drawn. Every turn you'll have to choose from one of three. Um, you'll Does have... it move through the decades, starting in the 50s? No. no oh. This is meant to be one neighbourhood that's all being kind of built roughly at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. I was just yeah, having a bit of a one division moment from what you were describing. No, not quite. I, it's, it, it definitely has a 50s aesthetic. Oh, did um, it? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely very much of, of that theme because literally one of the cards is a picket fence. That you build ah. between houses to say, you know, this is a little block of houses. Um, and throughout the course of the game, you're looking to essentially create these streets, but and you could put any number anywhere when it comes up because you've got to pick one of the three every turn. But you've always got a number, largest numbers to the right, lowest numbers to the left. So you can end up with points where you realise that you've rapidly run out of numbers to put at the end of one street and if you fail to build a house three times, the game is over. Um, oh? Yeah. It's it's a game that starts off and you think, well, where's the game in this? I'm just writing things down. And then about half... But they're not rolling dice or anything else, just pulling tokens, or is it cards? Yeah, it is a roll-and-write game, but there are the only mechanics are uh, card flipping. Yes. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So you'll, you'll have... Um, essentially, there's, there's two decks of cards, and you'll get three groups of two a house number and an ability and you pick one of those groups so it might be like the number seven plus a park uh the number two an offense the number nine and um i'm trying to think of some other royston vasey 
<laughs> the number nine is. <laughs> oh. um, and you'll you'll pick one of these every single turn, and and you work yourself into this crazy situation where you can't put new things on there, or you're looking at other people's going, hang on. How have they managed to get that? Or it's 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 a very interesting game. You start off with no concept. So bits of a street. So you what, you made me think picture my city, which I watched Sharp and Sit Down talk about recently, and it's but it's obviously a smaller scale than that because that's just placing individual buildings, isn't it? It's it's obviously a different scale. It's more detailed. It's like uh, a bingo pad of like five rows of houses, right. essentially. Right. And um, as Mike was saying, there are other ways of scoring as well um, because you add up all the points at the end based on the amount of um, plots you've filled. But there are like contract city plans that you can do try to do, and that will give you a boost as well in points. And there are if other people have filled in, uh, or if you filled in stuff and you're running out of space there are negative options to choose as well that can remove points um such as bis i mean it is a french game so bis is an odd terminology but it's basically making like a 15a or or a 16b or something like that if you've already got a number attached to it oh i see yeah it's there's certainly a lot of interesting mechanics like that um plus the one big one that I have to explain to people every time we play the game, because it's it's the one that will trip you up. The houses that you can draw from the deck are, are numbered zero, sorry, 1 to 15 in a bell curve. So numbers like 6, 7, 8, and 9, far more, more of those. Right. But numbers 1 and 15, very few of those. So when they pop up, that becomes like, ooh... Oh, I might not see many of those for the rest of the game, and they're really handy because I can just I can just complete this end of a street, and it's the, uh, uh, and then you can add on things like there's um there's an optional roundabout mechanic where you can literally bulldoze a house, put a roundabout there, and start yourself another smaller street just in the middle of the game. Um, okay, it's yeah, it's it's it is a lovely little, but um, yeah, I, and it it scales so well because and it obviously works well over obviously works well over virtual kind of board gaming spaces that would do that one. Absolutely, because this is the thing. It doesn't really take any more time playing with four players that sorry, playing with like a hundred players that does four. Because Oh, because you just because you're all playing at once with the same Yeah. Or simultaneous. I do have a rules question, though, Mike, I don't know if you know this. If you do take this option, do you have to take the penalty? as well so if you take the number that and the card that's associated with this do you have to take the penalty even though you don't create I, a a or a b i believe you only take the penalty for placing a bis if you actually place it okay i may be wrong but i believe that's how it's played on board game there's arena no, there's no, um, the wording on some of them in the manual is the way that we played it uh, first got introduced to the game was that you had to take the option that was attached to it but i but it doesn't say that in the manual. So. Oh no no no! You, you can always opt to not do something. That that that, yeah. that is definitely. So no, we we've been playing a lot of these uh, sort of board games, um, which actually I mean it, it does raise an interesting question for me in that why when I've got when I'm so okay with online board games, am I not okay with online like war games? Um. Possibly because it's it's a completely different game. I mean, while a lot of board games require that communication, that that kind of declaration of your intentions and what you're doing, and uh, which is what what, you, what we describe from a war machine or even 40k perspective, 
not the same thing to try and represent that. There's, there's more to it, isn't there? Nobody, you don't paint or produce or make the things you're talking about, the little bits of street that you're just describing in that game. There is no other investment. There is no army building. There is, it's, it's, there's less invest. Maybe that's the word. There's less investment in board games. It's just get it out, have a laugh, put it away again. Is it that? I mean, I mean, I, the, the same thing can be said of for X-wing though. Like I, I buy pre-painted miniatures. There's absolutely no hobby there whatsoever. Uh, but I don't play that online either, even though that possibly has an even stronger online community than um, War Machine Horde stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I it's, haven't it's, either, to be honest. I'm the same, I'm the same though, to be honest. I haven't, yeah. I haven't either. I've looked at it briefly, tried a bit, tried... Um, <clears throat> was it on TTS? To, yeah, was um, War Machine? Or was it something else? I can't remember. But I've tried it, and I'm like, oh, it's just clunky, it's not the same. And to be honest, I was... Even before lockdown, I was trying War Machine. Uh, maybe it's just our preconceptions beforehand. And... It, I mean, from the people I've talked to who still still play, they they find it quite adequate and they're making advancements on it, but it still doesn't look as good as it does on the table, really. Maybe that's the aesthetic thing that's missing. Yeah, mm. maybe. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am very definitely missing things like Tournament Day. Like, that, that was a, a huge part of my life for many, many years. And sort of have those weekends where like, ooh, I'd normally be driving two hours to Cardiff at 7am today and then playing four games of War Machine after which I would have a tremendous headache and feel terrible. Yes. <laughs> and your legs would hurt, your <laughs> knees would be killing it. <laughs> then you'd get back home, you'd realise all you'd eaten was like, you know, the world's saltiest food all day and you hadn't had enough to drink. And then they'd sit there at the end and go, yeah, but it was really fun. Wasn't it? <laughs> and you'd do it all again. I don't know. It I suppose I'm in a slightly like position. Re- oh, sorry, no, that's right. I was going to say I'm kind of in, in a opposing position. Is I'm not sure how much I would have played this year in the last twelve months. Anyway, the change of circumstance. But um, I mean, I, I think you're right. Uh, but I haven't stopped work either. Bear in mind. It's the other the other aspect is I haven't had. I've had less time, not more. Yeah, I. I mean, I I had two to furlough, and that that was it. That was that was that was my break. Um, right. Which. I tried to get hobby projects done in that two months, and then it turned out stuff couldn't get delivered in that two months, and it just all ended up being its own little. Um, yeah, but I think it's. It, it, I think kind of from what my take on what you say, Mike, is, is almost kind of you, you don't sort of realise how much you like the stuff that might at the time seem not great until you can't actually do it. And like you say, you may well not have gamed as much this year, but then you, you've not got the option. Yeah. You've not had the option too. It's kind of it's a bit of a, been a well, it goes without saying, doesn't it? It's been a, a funny old year, but um <laughs> Oh yeah, very definitely so. I mean you usually come away from most tournaments with like a cold even as well. So it can be <laughs> yeah. ten times worse most Oh yeah, I mean so. ab- absolutely any any convention or, or wargaming tournament is gonna be an absolute breeding ground for COVID. Um I have no kind of disbelief that that is going to be the case, but interesting when they decide to to try those again in shops and conventions and stuff, and how well when that's going to happen, and how apprehensive people will be to go. Well, I, I mean, to I, those type I, of things again. I would have to say, just from the point of view of um, some stuff that we've seen online, even the last few days, um, we've had uh, I think it's James Morehouse, um, who's uh, in Australia. Uh, showing off tournament photos, and he did have to like prefix this by saying, "Before you say anything, 
we've had no recorded cases in the last number of months. So yeah. we're fine right now. Uh, How are you? So, so, so people in places where there is a, a degree more security, people are turning back out for... Um, although, I mean, the big question for me, and I know certainly for you, probably for yourself, Kurt, um, is even if there was that security, do I go back to War Machine? Uh, for me, almost certainly not. Not for a while, anyway. I can't. Um, yeah. I... Why did that happen? Because when you were last playing, you were playing quite a few games. It, it, you know, mixed with with um, Warhammer as well. But yeah. um, but but why did you fall off the train? Um, I think. Um... Kurt, why? Why Kurt? Why? <laughs> sorry, sorry, that wasn't supposed to be pointed, but it's just <laughs> interesting. I think fundamentally, it's 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 hard to keep up a war machine. We all know it's hard to keep up a war machine, and I. Because I've took my half the ball a bit too long, and now it seems a very, very long way back again. It's probably the straightest answer. Yeah, I, I think I can only really agree with that. Um, I, I got to a point, certainly just before the pandemic, where I was facing entire armies of models. Where I was like, "What? What's this again? What's this? Yeah. How does this work? Hang on, I need to look at the card for that one." And um, relevant to a question that was asked of us, even though I said we probably wouldn't delve too much into War Machine topics, and we have, um, was someone saying, uh, is Riot Quest improving or killing War Machine Hordes? Now, I, I kind of, I can't answer that one adequately, but just the sheer amount of new, weird solos turning up, it's like, I can't, I can't hold that in my brain. I can't build a list from some of this stuff. If I build the list, I'm still making it with Mark II parts for the most, uh, for the most piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I think for me, I mean, I've not been involved in in War Machine for a, for a long, long time. Um, probably the the longest of, of most people here, maybe with the exception of Benj. But for for me, Riot Quest, I think it is. Yeah, far be it from me to tell people what they they can and can't do and how they should be enjoying their their game or whatever. But for me, I, I think that it's it's not a direction I want to go. I think kind of that that fun comedy styley whatever you want to call it that that Riot Quest is just it's not it's not how I see kind of War Machine and I, I don't think it's it's kind of as grim dark as as Warhammer Forty Thousand or even Age of Sigmar is but for me I I, I, I sort of prefer my games a, a little bit more serious and I think you know it, it takes away some of the, the the narrative side of it for me. When you start introducing all these weird people on motorbikes and all this sort of thing that that really don't have, in my, in my eyes, much of a place in the universe. But you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's not. Oh God! Sorry, I thought the universe is now dead after Oblivion. Anyway, I know it's splintered into whether well, the the uh, Warcaster game is the future, and the Warcaster um, game is a future. Yeah, and um, the other game is uh, a post-apocalyptic version, but I didn't think the the mainline story had anywhere to go now. Uh, it seemed. Oh, uh, so th th this is part of a complex thing. Um, Riot Quest and War uh, is it Warcaster, Neo Mechanica, whatever. Different um, time periods. One's much more further in the future. It's not just that they represent different time periods; they represent different timelines. Um, yeah, I'm kind of so that concept on its own. I'm like, what? No. Right, right, right. Quest represents like 
the one bizarre Mad Max future that could happen, which is why they've gone, yeah, just put whatever in it. Which is, I mean, if you want to do that, it, it, it's it, it's your game, and like if you, well, yeah, if, we, you if you enjoy it, um, go for it. Um, Reggie spoke to Hungford, who said he hasn't yet to come up with anything that has been said no to, as far I think yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, and and that's I quite I quite I quite like the, the the quirkiness of it and the madness of it. I, I I suppose the difficulty I've got is that the game is spread so far um, that I can't keep up with it. And when I I got back into it for about a year, and I planned to play. Basically, I bought a whole army. I bought Crucible Guard, and I was like, right, I've spent <laughs> four figures on an army. Let's because I because if you buy an army quickly, you really see how much it is. If you spread it out over several years, you can delude yourself all day long. But when you buy an army fairly quickly, it's like, oh, that's quite a lot of money. I like the delusion. So it's nice. Yeah, no, I because it came out and it was a limited, it was a limited force, and I wanted to make sure I had like all the options. I kind of bought it fairly quickly, and uh, so I was like, right, I just wanted to try and get enough games from the army, really. Um, but it felt hard work, is what I was trying to say. Yeah, it still felt difficult. It felt challenging. It was, it was, it was. Uh, I enjoyed playing. I enjoyed getting into the game again. I enjoyed playing it again, but it's too hard. And then I discovered Star Wars Legion. Okay, that's I, yeah, that that's certainly a a different route to take. I mean, um, I never stopped playing um, right until sort of the pandemic. But I think the, the the last tournament I went to when I just walked in, just I had no clue about half that stuff. And realised maybe that's that. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Did you face infernals? So, uh, did you face infernals? Uh, yes, I think I faced infernals twice, and because it was near the beginning of when infernals came out, I was I basically watched the infernal player blow themselves up. Um, <laughs> uh, well, my army just kind of stood there, didn't really die, and just chipped away at the Infernals force as they sort of detonated all their own solos. And oh, yeah. then it got to the yeah. final turn, they were like, oh, I've got nothing left. Like, no. Breaking them to make heavies kind of thing. Yeah. It's the, it's the point where they're like, yes, I'll spawn a heavy here, and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll move this this light through here, and they can attack your Warcaster. Cool. They miss. Moving on. Mm. And it was... Uh, yeah. But that's, that's just going... Purely into the mechanics of those individual games. So, I, I mean, I, I'm on the record. I think adding the number of factions that they did was a poor choice. Uh, I, I'm also on the record as saying that I think they actually need to look at the amount of stuff in the game and have it. Just take half those units and say these are no longer available for tournaments. See ya, and that's it. It is. It is impossible to learn and to keep track of now. I agree. It's just not a. It's not viable. I can't do it. I, th- I think coming into it for Mark II, um, not that that was a high point of like how the game functioned or anything like that. Like Mark II was hideously broken, uh, but the amount of stuff in Mark II was about right. You you could realistically be expected to know the entire meta and go, oh okay, I know I know, I know what that caster does and that caster and that caster. Cool. Yeah. But then when you nearly double the number of factions and you treble the number of casters. It just becomes game after game of gotcha. CID. And then you throw CID that you need to be aware of even if you don't play the faction because I actually, there's going to be a new... Yeah, I actually don't think CID was that bad. That that shifted up the meta. It didn't change a lot of times entirely how something functioned. 
Like, if you knew what... Let's pick something random. If you knew what the Steelhead Cavalry did before CID, then, yeah, okay, their power level changed a little bit afterwards. But how they basically functioned didn't. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So as long you could have, as long as you had that broad awareness of something thematically, then you could probably get around it. And you don't have to be involved in COD during the process for armies you don't play. There isn't really a benefit to doing that. It's good to maybe be aware if you're really into it competitively, but there's no need, I don't think. Yeah. But aren't most games competitive? That's the that's the point of War Machine is that the environment is competitive. There's no well tournament tournament events are mostly competitive, but I wouldn't even say most games are competitive. I think more games are still played casually in almost every game. That's uh, that's probably true. If you look at it, there's way more club games played up and down wherever. Way more. Than there are tournament games in normal time. I mean, Warhammer, this 40k has the same problem mm. where competitive players think that the only thing that exists is the competitive game. And the reality is, it's not. It's a small part of it that's a loud minority. And um, it gets a lot of attention and it gets, you know, it's, it's interesting and it's fun to follow at times. But at the same time, it's not, um, it's not the majority. Usually, those that you would taking to club night were things that you were considering running in a tournament and you were you know theory crafting how it would work you were preparing for the potential tournament that's what it felt like there was that constant like cycle of prep for events Uh, depending on your club that that's a big one Um, but most people i played within the club never did those things that will also depend on your club it's true i know i know that dark lords we went to pretty much every tournament running uh, but then if you went over somewhere like the Warsaw Warlords that was more 50-50 uh, but then if you went to it Stafford Powerfist I think most of their club did tournaments as well so it was very much a club to club thing as to if you went to events or yeah and there's different kinds of events as well there's little local ones and then there's yeah going halfway across the country you said to, driving two hours to Cardiff which obviously we've all done but it's um yeah it's a different level again isn't it yeah so I, I suppose this this goes into an, another one of the questions the, that was asked. Um, it was a it was a two parter. Um, the first part, well, the second part I can answer now. Any janky lists to share? No, no, not built any, not opened no. war room in over a year. I, um, but the first question was, are you missing war machine hordes and the scene overall? Um, I would say a lot of the people I still speak to online are from the war machine hordes scene. Uh, current and former players um, and yeah yeah I miss it because I admit I, I've i been a gamer pretty much for you know all my adult life um, and not having not having a card game a miniatures game something that I'm doing like that is unusual and I don't know what is going to replace it I mean I've, I've got some 40k stuff that I've been very much enjoying painting although it is hard going from kind of having that that regular sort of meetup to, to to nothing. Obviously, you know, in current times with the the current sort of lockdown and what have you, it's, it's always going to be difficult to to do that. And I don't think it's kind of a, a strange thing that you you are feeling that. I mean, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I I I get what you're saying. Um, I, I guess it's I guess it's more. It's not. Strange in general, but it's strange personally for me. Yes. Um, and I guess there's a lot of people out there feeling pretty much the same thing. I mean, I've kind of replaced it as a as we've talked about previously with board games. I have uh, a D and D group that's now been running for 
More than a year on the same campaign, which is frankly terrifying. They've just hit level 8. And not that I'm stealing bits of War Machine and Hordes for that, but I'm stealing bits of War Machine and Hordes for that. <laughs> well, I mean, they've gone to a Dwarven Kingdom, and I have literally introduced the idea of the... Uh, oh, I can't remember if it's the Rock Ram or the Avalanche as part of this Dwarven Kingdom's army. It's like, let's let's introduce this gently. Let's just see where this goes. <laughs> D&D steampunk. Nice. Yeah. And on, on that subject, obviously, we've got um, Requiem that is, is currently kickstarting. Well, yes. I mean, I, I was going to turn to this because obviously we've got a, a question from um, John Garrett, uh, who is a friend of the show, came on to uh, publicise uh, the, the San Gennaro Co-op's um, Ultimate Guide to Heists, I believe. Um, I haven't looked at my copy yet. I do have that on RPG uh, on an RPG site. Yeah, he said, uh, Iron Kingdom's Requiem, the squaring of the circle, the turning of the wheel, all things old are new again. Like, yeah, it's it's the Iron Kingdom's coming back to D&D because that's where it started. Yeah. Um, coming back to D&D with um, Alexia again. Um, and, yeah, I mean, what are your guys' impressions of Requiem, sir? Uh, little to none. I've not really looked at it, to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't even know how much it costs. How, how much? So let's go bare bare bones. How much did it cost to get hold of the uh, kind of the, the, the main rule book? Oh, now you're asking me. I'll jump in with. I haven't looked. I saw it was another Primitive Prex Kickstarter, and I have had no interest whatsoever. I mean, that's uh, entirely understandable. Well, also, a... I'm not into, into role play games anymore. So, if you want the entire thing. Digitally, so that's a PDF of uh, the setting book, the Monster Nomicon, and um, the Legend of the Witchfire Adventure. That is thirty-seven quid. How much, sorry? Thirty-seven. Digitally. Yes. Okay. If you oh, <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Um, if you want it as now, I'm confused. Excellent. <laughs> These Kickstarter levels make no sense. Okay, so thirty-seven quid for just the PDFs, but. If you want the PDFs and the physical copy, then you don't get Legend of the Witchfire, but you do get the setting book. Um, oh, no, actually, no. No, that's right. Ah, yes, I know what it is. So you can have the setting book for 37 quid as a PDF and a physical copy, which, as D&D books go, it's not the worst, but it's not great price-wise. Uh, nice that it includes the PDF, because um, that normally you quit extra. Every DM uh, <laughs> acquires a copy of the PDF to give their players, should we say. Um, now, because I'm me, I'm, I'm in for the early bird special, which is uh, PDFs and physicals of everything with the GM screen. You've actually sunk money into this one. Yeah. it's okay. I, I'm paying £73, uh, because... I, I play D&D every week. I get a lot of usage. I mean, I've got, uh, to my right, I have uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros, which, even though that's not the setting I play in, I have plundered that book for all it's worth. Because I've gone, oh yes, I need the Medusa for this, and oh there's a table for Magical Islands here, I can use that as well, and having access hey, wait, to this that, stuff is not... Go on, sorry. That's a magic book. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a D&D setting for uh, Magic the Gathering plane. Yeah. Um, I also have um, oh the Legends Wildmount book, which I've borrowed stuff from as well. So I'll use any setting I can get my hands on. If if it's interesting, I will borrow it. I mean, I've already used Warp Wolves in D and D because 
how can I put this? So we play in D and D Beyond, which means every player has access at all times to the list of monsters. Which means I know I know there is at least one player who every time we get into a fight starts looking up all the monster stats. So I went, okay, uh, this is a warp wolf, and you went, oh, that's not in the monster list. Nope, no, it isn't. <laughs> but d- d- does it have any weaknesses? You don't know. Is it? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> uh, can my character look for weaknesses in it? Make a nature check. Three. You you, you don't know of any significant weaknesses of this monster. You could just see him scratching his head. It was absolutely wonderful. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I'm I'm invested in it. I think it. Uh, I mean, I, I've I've seen PP's RPG products before. I've always thought they were really good. I loved the previous system. Uh, it did have its flaws. Not gonna lie. It was entirely too easy to just TPK, um, and also Warcasters were hideously overpowered, which maybe didn't. But like, just for having the Monster Nomicon, that's that's a good piece of stuff usually. Uh, I think Benji got the original Monster Nomicon, well at least the PDFs of yeah. the. Got all the original books, including the Witchfire trilogy, and I think I've got a Monster Nomicon somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah, so it's. Uh... I think I might have. They were really I, good. The amount of stuff that was in them, fantastic for setting the the picture of the Iron Kingdoms. If you do look at the um, like the last version, the RPG, the amount of stuff in that initial—I mean, that is a hefty, hefty book. Um, the amount of stuff in there that's just like world building and setting and history and just giving you an appreciation for the place—it's an immense work. Um, and then on top of that, there's like here's an entire fully fledged RPG to go with this. Just it was it was a really good piece of work. Now obviously different people working on this one, it's a, a different thing. But from what we've seen so far, it fits in well with uh, the D and D system. <clears throat> fits in well with the D and D system, um, and they only look to be adding well more and more stuff through the Kickstarter. So. Is any of it related to the tabletop, or are they staying away from that? Um, depends what you mean by tabletop. Uh, well, so, so the, the, the most tabletop-y thing they have um, are the battle tiles that they're producing. So uh, six by six uh, card grids of like the streets of Stormwind, uh, generic swamps, um, some specific ones for the Legend of the Witchfire. More sort of like exclusive miniatures. With it as they had done previously. So for everything I've seen so far, uh, there are no exclusive minis. Um, they do offer a, uh, they do offer a list of minis for purchase, but it's basically a cut down selection of these are the miniatures we think would go well for an RPG. Just guidelines, really. Yeah, and it's 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 things like Gobber Two from the Signar Mechanics. All oh, right. It's there's nothing. There's no promo, there's no anything like that. So Use this figure in War Machine. Yeah. I <clears throat> how can I put this? I, I think they looked at the kerfuffle that was caused by the uh, the hermit of Hengehold. Yeah. Um and decided that a different path was mm, more beneficial. Um not easy to get hold of still, or is it nigh on impossible? Getting hold of miniatures at all, given the state of the world at the moment, is not brilliant. Even um, even even Games Workshop is having stock issues now. Yeah, 
Is it really? For certain things, so you can get you can get core basics, but things like the Redemptive Dreadnought springs to mind because I've been looking to try and get one. Um, I imagine it's come. It's now come back into the new Dark Ages box. We've got one coming tomorrow. Um, but outside of that Combat Patrol kind of starter box, it's still not in stock anywhere yet. Uh, now I imagine because it's in that that it will come back in stock soon. But it's clearly been out of stock ages, and so have a lot of other things. So have a lot of very, very core basics. They've kept up well, okay. but they've had a record year, to be honest. Yeah, so I've heard. I mean, if, if we're going to go on to that one, I think GW had a, a record year precisely because they, well, they're kind of hobby-focused. And they've always yeah, said they they're, they're a miniatures company first. They are. And when people are locked in the homes with little else to do, I mean, the first, what, five months of uh, me not being at work anymore, but kind of working from home all the time, I built a good chunk of an Eldar army and had that, you know, painted up. Admittedly, there is a half-painted grav tank sat on my desk in Basingstoke that is not moving anywhere anytime soon. Um, but, like, they are genuinely nice miniatures to paint. They are. They're lovely. Uh, it just Primaris. So I've been building Primaris at the weekend. I've been painting them the last week. I did kind of start in the summer and then had a bit of a break and I've got back into it. Especially, I suppose it's because I'm painting, vaguely painting Dark Elder, Dark Elder, uh, Dark Angels even, Space Marines. And then the book's coming out and there's a hype and everything all over YouTube, so that's helped. But um, they are really lovely, easy to build, really fun to build and fun to paint. There's zero stress in it just to, do, to have fun with. They really are. It's so nice. Paints as well are getting a lot better. Um, there was, I can't remember what it was, but someone was going on about this like shading wash or something that was oh yeah well, contrast, amazing contrast paints contrast paints oh yeah that's it that's it that's the bad I've got loads of those they're fantastic are they, are they cheap as well or? no no they're not cheap okay. no. well they're cheap if you take the attitude that you put them on and your first wash and shade is already done and your yeah, first contrast is cheap though isn't it and and is dry brushing not cheating and is washing not cheating and it is not cheating <laughs> that's why I don't do any of those things thing. Mr. I don't use paint I use my own blood. <laughs> Rushing is skill in a bottle. Like, so... so I mean, it, um, I, no, they're great, we, they're great. I wouldn't try and do it on its own with nothing else, but they're really good fun, and, and, I, and I love them. And, um, yeah, I, I'm not trying to say they replace anything, um, but it's just they're easy. To, if, you've got, if you've got vaguely near a colour that you want to use, they're great. And they've just had fun, even messing with the medium and messing with other colours. It's just good fun. I mean, it, even if I mean someone like you is saying, "Oh yeah, they're they're a part of my," but then there's going to be a lot of people who are like new me, to, new to them. Yeah, they're a part of your process because you want to paint to a higher level. Wait, wait, are we saying that contrast is frowned upon then by people? Well, no. Some people, yeah. I mean, if you actually bother to that, let me finish and go on with my statement. Um, <laughs> just just throwing it out there. Um, but no, um, for uh, some of the people who either are just getting into the hobby, just starting painting, or want to have a painted army, but don't necessarily want to have the time investment that someone like Kurt does, contrast paints are a great way of getting stuff together real fast. They are. I think totally one thing that I've heard a few times, I mean, I've still actually not really even used contrast at all, but one thing I've heard is that, that like, like you're sort of saying there, is that they're not kind of an instant fix. They're not going to paint your army for you. And kind of that's the, almost the way that GW marketed it when it was, when they were first released. And that was almost sort of doing them a disservice because like you say, Mike, if you, if you sort of include them in, in your army painting process, 
then that you can get some some really good results with them and it's not at all cheating it is like a different a different kind of wash almost well I, 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 i'm just I, i'm gonna go off on not quite a rant but a, a, a mini rant um and it's something someone kind of went off at me for many years ago when i kind of talked about my own painting it's like nothing is a cheat everything no, everything you're doing you is is a technique that you've learned and have built over time dry brushing is a perfectly acceptable thing to do just you know it's it's part of everyone's well it's part of most painters toolbox just because some <clears throat> some people only want to get up to, to like a dry brushing stand and go yeah that's fine it's still a technique they use it doesn't make it any better or worse and then uh, ed, edge highlighting is is almost akin to dry brushing it's it's highlighted i mean obviously it takes a lot longer and it's a lot more precise but in essence you, you're using kind of your brush in an unconventional way to apply a highlight to the the edge of your model yeah and but then if you if you overwash so you can dry brush um higher than you would expect to overwash and suddenly you've got something that looks a hell of a lot like an edge highlight and you didn't have to go through that finicky messing around now that's about not because traditionally i would have dry brushed things and most of my early chaos marines from 20 years ago it's very very dusty where i over dry brush them as a highlight because that seemed to be the right thing to do at the time but actually now i dry brush a hell of a lot but i don't do it last it's almost never my last thing to do in fact i would say it's never the last thing i do um i i will highlight by hand towards the end if i really want a high standard on a character model or something else i do you know i can two brush wet blend and i can do all these and i want to do that on every model and i don't want to spend hours on certain things especially not on space marines for crying out loud but um I will do a lot of those techniques, but it's, it's interesting how much changing the order up can make a very different result. I'd say with the contrast paints too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, certainly last year when I um, went back into painting majorly, uh, the one thing that was changing how I was painting was the fact that I gained access to an airbrush. Um, I've still not done that. And the... I would love to get an airbrush. I just don't have the space or set up for it. I mean... The cost, well, sorry, the, the the space of an airbrush is kind of minimal. Um, I mean, the airbrush I have, you've basically got a, a, a tank and compressor that's about the size of a small briefcase. Um, a lot heavier, but about the size of one. Um, and then it's just some hose in the airbrush itself um, and somewhere to store the, the mask because if you do go into airbrushing, please buy an adequate mask. Um, I, I say this from experience, uh, I have a friend who uh, bought what they believe was an adequate mask for uh, doing a lot of spray painting. Um, started wondering whether they are having extremely frequent headaches. And it was only when I asked them what filters they'd got on their mask that we discovered that they weren't actually filtering any of the stuff that was coming at the spray. So please do okay. check. Just just as a, 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 like a side note, I don't mean to depress anyone with that one, but... Uh, Cautionary tale. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have an airbrush. Were... I have a, or a 3D printer, and both of which are quite tempting things, but I don't really... Would, I don't know. I just kind of... It's another kind of... I think investment of time in both cases. I don't want to go through the learning process for either thing. I think that's really what it are, is. Um, are any of you guys aware of the... I'm sure it's on many other social media platforms, but there's a uh, an Instagram profile called the Tabletop Inquirer, and it's uh, sort of a tongue-in-cheek look at um, tabletop cliches almost um in the in and the, the basically their post is at the front page of this tabletop inquirer and one that i saw that i remember is uh 
sort of tabletop gamer has finally troubleshot his uh, his three D printer, and he's going back to figure out what's wrong with his airbrush now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Nice. That's 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 very too good. close to home. That's uh... yeah. That's yeah. very good. <laughs> they are almost hobbies in required... themselves. I thought you only required a mask when you were using like lacquer based paints. Um, and acrylics weren't so bad, but I don't know. I mean, well, acrylics. So... I, I, sorry, Mike. I was just going to say that uh, acrylics. I don't think in themselves are toxic, but I, I, I'm, I'm no doctor or you know any cancer expert. But my my understanding is any any microscopic particle that enters your lungs can cause cancer in your lungs. So anything yeah. vaporized is not going to be so good for you, though. Either, even without yeah. that, there is also an, an additional one here in that. Um, while the acrylic paints themselves aren't that bad, it's there are worse things in the world, and that's fine. But you have to to get acrylic paint through an airbrush. You have to thin it down, uh, and what's usually used as a thinner is not something you want to be breathing in all that much. Uh, the cleaning fluids, as well, has to be something that will remove acrylic paint from inside of an airbrush because any kind of buildup will just destroy it. <clears throat> and breathing those in again, awful, just terrible um most of the undercoats as well will be pretty bad um you, you can get away with just a paper mask or using working in a well ventilated area but most people certainly most people that i know are using an airbrush inside in a workroom or a hobby room or the bedroom and just it costs 25 quid to get a problem and you can save yourself a lot of hair also as i found oh, yeah. also as i find out if you don't concentrate on your breathing while wearing one of those proper masks you suddenly realise you're choking, which is just so much fun. We've all had a lot of experience with masks and some of us suspect recently. <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me of going up five flights of stairs with a mask on at work. Oh, um, it's not good. Uh, it's required, but you know what you do. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, entirely. Um, we had a topic. I'm not quite sure what the thread was anymore. <laughs> yeah. We've, I don't we've, know how we got here. No. We've, we've wandered from place to place without any kind of, I don't know, intervening. That never happens. Uh, yeah, I try. Yeah, I was say, it's, that's un- unlike us. We rambled yeah, I before, know. we rambled now. It's, um, Moving on. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. Um, I, mean, I, I do have um, some more uh, stuff. <laughs> uh, one is blatant provocation, which is, please, can you talk about Terry Gilliam? Uh, the other was... <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um... One thing that was asked was uh, mental health, fortitude, and well-being. Difficult times. Um, That's a good one. That's a very good one. I've definitely struggled with that. And so I haven't had time off, and I haven't. Uh, I've just been at work. But but considering my work is actually spending time in ICU, um, and the whole general ambiance and and I don't know, I don't know what the right word is, the, the the general mental health of the nation or the world, on top of actually spending time. At, hosp- at, at bedside in, in the most acute of care it, um, I'm feeling better now but it definitely got the better of me a few weeks ago mm. I had to take active steps to um, to deal with that including cutting, I haven't drunk coffee for two weeks now I, I think yeah, it's, I mean, that, that, that is an incredibly difficult realm Brave move. to be in, to be honest uh, it, it's not one certainly that, well, I could really handle off the top of my head um, for myself mostly for uh, the mental health and well-being stuff um, trying to stay connected to people has been yeah. 90% everything I've done throughout lockdown. Um, so a few weeks ago, and this is, again, a sort of personal experience, a few weeks ago, 
I have the strange feeling that my brain was turning to mush. Um, I found... so it's the first. Is the first you noticed of it personally? I take it. Um, I'd had people, other, people I'd had, pointed people had pointed it out. Some people had said things and you'd ignored them. That kind uh, of stuff. No, I, I, like I'd I'd had previous moments of this, but this was the, like one of the first moments. Was like, oh, okay, I'm concerned about this because it was it was very hard to kind of it was hard to concentrate on things and couldn't keep a train of thought for too long, and I just felt off all the time. Um, and it was going, okay, what's the problem? And working out, oh, I'm not mentally stimulated. And actually going out and going, okay, guys, just sending around an email to friends and saying, look, I am, my mind is going, um, let's set up a board game day and just sit around, have snacks, play board games, and talk nonsense all day. And a lot of people went, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And I found that after that, my mood had improved so tremendously that it's now become a weekly thing for us. Um, and it has genuinely stopped sort of a mental slide for me which was becoming rather apparent. Um, and I think no, no matter how... Was that in January as well, Mike? Um, Before? Yeah, it would have been January. I think January was... It's, we, we always talk, joke about January being very long and difficult and arduous and just general pain in the proverbial, but I think this year it has been particularly bad. Well, my, uh, my family has some uh, seasonally affected disorder, so periods of the year with less light and things like that, not great as a whole, but yes... Yeah, it's 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 not a great period of the year, um, and to, to to be honest, having just had like you know, Christmas and then going back to everything else is never a great time. Uh, but yeah, I've I've found most of what I'm having has been solved by reconnecting, and that's I mean that's partially why this episode um, is going to exist as well, because I know that sort of uh, other people are missing kind of the the, the chats that we have here, and uh, I again, think. It, it, it... A lot of sorry again. Talk over you a little bit there, Mike. Um, I think a lot of other kind of podcasts as well. A lot of the podcasts that I listen to in in the gaming world seem to have kind of faded away a little bit over lockdown, particularly this sort of second lockdown. The UK based ones, at least, because obviously people aren't really sort of like you say connecting as much. And I think people are, you know, certain times they'll they'll be they'll do it face to face, and other times they'll do it remotely. But it's kind of the time investment into that and it's you know if, if you've not got that outlook of being able to attend an event and kind of go to to, to your club on a, a weeknight and then play a game you're not really as kind of psyched up to to really start start discussing it but i think it is really really important to carry on kind of this sort of thing because you know it does reach and touch quite a lot of people and you know people do value the content and you know if there's any other creators out there that are, are, are listening to this definitely would encourage to, to you know create as much as you can during this period because people want it yeah yeah i mean it's 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 that whole sort of um what's the word i'm looking for parasocial i think uh the parasocial relationships we have with the people we listen to as part of our sort of media consumption the way that you kind of invite almost feel invited into their conversations for things and it, it i know that i've had uh, at least a couple of messages off people saying that they've missed us doing uh, doing these um, as much as we might have missed ourselves. So it, it and they is, weren't it being sarcastic. And they weren't being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> or at least not, we don't not think entirely. Not entirely. Um, uh, okay, just checking. You know, it's easy, you know. But, uh, no, it's, it's, I mean, it is nice to hear uh, the, the voices of uh, the other people from Elite Card, right? Sort of, cause it's been a long time. Um, it's been, what, nine months? Yeah, yeah. 
it's just you and Kurt as well, because uh, the movies, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. uh, we did do a couple of episodes of the uh, Quarantine Film Club, which um, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed doing because I will always happily talk random movies for hours and hours on end until people tell me to go away. Um, it's not really my thing. I'm not really into that kind of thing myself. No, no, no. <laughs> How's that 100 movies poster going, Kurt? So, uh, <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 now out of 100. So I think that's on schedule. Watched, that is. Nice. Going well. Uh, Going well. We're dragging the... For reference, um, Kurt currently has a, a, a scratch-off uh, movie poster of, what is it, a 100 movie bucket list? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Which... and it's not... You can't say it's the 100 best movies because it has things like Godfather 1, not 2, and as you pointed out when we talked about it, there's a few other... Few other like Evil Dead One, but not Evil Dead Two, and numerous other. It's 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 been it's almost like it's been written by somebody who took a list, and but didn't um didn't really know much about movies when they compiled it in a weird way. <laughs> if that makes sense. I see, but yeah, it's fun. The the genuine thing about that though is no matter if if you said to someone, okay, the biggest movie book in the world, you compose a hundred movie bucket list, you could then take that to like five other people and every one of them would go well clearly 25% of this list is terrible yeah. and, and and it would be like a different set of movies for every single person well I would um, say that it would be 25% difference between yours and mine despite the fact we know we've got a huge crossover Yeah, you, you'd have anime in your list that I've probably not heard of yeah. for a start and, and I'm not bad on anime but I'm not you you know yeah. but it's, it's like I know that there's a huge um, missing area between most of my most of the films I love and um, most of my friends because I don't get on with or watch horror cinema. Oh, okay. Yeah, my list would be would be different from yours dramatically. Yeah. In that horror makes up a staple uh, like diet of mine for consumption, which is which is absolutely fair enough. That that's the whole point of having so many different films. Um, out there and having so much discussion on them because, like, I, I what? I, so you're trying to tell me that different people like different things? I know it's <laughs> it's a revelation. Yeah. All the you're glad you came now, aren't you, Alex? Alex, you came. You glad you came. That, you that, that said, yeah. if any of you did like the remake of the Stepford Wives, I will hurt you. Just I don't think I watched it. <laughs> um, I, think I, I think I just didn't watch it. I, I do, I do. However, just for contention's sake, I do quite like the remake of Total Recall. I quite like that. I've still not seen it. Mm. It's not bad. It's really not bad. I quite like it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's it. Is it Sorry. Colin Firth in that. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Not Colin Farrell. Firth. Oh, Colin Farrell. Colin. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Colin, Colin Firth Total Christ. Recall is an entirely different movie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch that. Colin Firth Total Recall. Well, if it's the um, version of him from uh, Kingsman, um, what, what I can totally go for that. What it is um, that, uh, um, yes, I, uh, I, I, I don't think this is really me. I'm, ju- I'm sorry, I'm, I'm terribly confused. I'm terribly confused. Just in general? Yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. David the Wynet. <laughs> so that only came to mind because I'm looking at my uh, letterboxed list for last year and just seeing some of the stuff that I ended up rating near the end of the year. Oh, Watch You're more organised than me. I can't be dealing with getting that organised. I like watching things and just watching them for the sake of it. I mean, although I'm ticking them off, even if I fall asleep, I've decided. Just, well, it depends what hang it on, is. Hang so on. Me- You're saying, no, sorry. You're saying you can't be bothered with this level of organisation. And you're the man with the 100 movie scratch off poster. <laughs> yes. How dare you, sir? So, How dare you? So, me, 
Mean Girls is on, it's right, almost right in the middle of the poster, and we started watching that one evening this week, and I may have dozed off. <laughs> Are you taking it in ten minute episodes? Uh, but uh, but uh, person sat next to me watched all of it and enjoyed it, and I missed a few pieces of it, including the bit that's actually used for the, for the scratch off bit where a girl was hit by a bus. I didn't see that bit. <laughs> um, I, but I'm counting it as watched. I'm not doing that again. Oh, uh, I, I, this is like I watched uh, an older version of uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and it, it's like you just become aware you're drifting off into yeah. sleep halfway through. <laughs> like must concentrate on. <sighs> I watched the uh, the re- remake of Mulan, uh, and I think I, I got five minutes through, fell asleep, and then woke up exactly as the trailer, the, the uh, credit started. To I go. was twenty five. Twenty five. That seems pointless now. Twenty five dollars well spent there, Alex. What? <laughs> oh no, I didn't. I didn't spend money on it. I waited, to, uh, <laughs> I, I waited for it to hit Disney Plus because I knew I I would probably fall asleep watching. But it wasn't it. free to start off on Disney Plus, was it? That's what I meant. Well, no, it wasn't. But I didn't pay for it. So. <laughs> One of the most overrated uh, bits I think I've watched in lockdown was Snowpiercer. I didn't. But the series, the series. Uh, no, the no, film. the actual movie, the the oh, film. I quite like it. I, I like it. I don't know how they. I don't know how they made a series out of it. How they stretched it so long. It was just. Uh, it was just really anticlimactic. Um, was the movie I found? Really, I enjoyed it. I the... started the series. I, I've kind of wandered off and not carried on watching it. It's okay. The they series have is a prequel, story, isn't it? It starts as prequel and it ends up into the same into the same story. There's a second series now. I'm not quite sure where that goes, but I, see, I it's kind I, of a prequel, kind of the same with more detail. I loved the uh, the movie. Um, I like it. But I've just got no interest in the series. I just it's all right. The movie no. was a nice little self-contained thing. It was when, if you look too closely, it it's blatantly ridiculous and nonsensical. Yes, yeah. but it makes you believe in a what is... world just long enough. For that film to exist. Um, so, talking about series and spoiler alert, potentially here. How many of you three have, have watched One Division? Yes, oh, I, I'm fully up to date. Yes, I, I don't have Disney at the moment, so. Oh well, close your ears. <laughs> or, <laughs> I'm all that bothered. Or, or don't. <laughs> so, what, so that... I'll start with the I'll start with the premise that I'm on a WhatsApp group with ex colleagues who I used to work with, and the two of them had a long conversation about how non Marvel it is, and I turned around and went. So you do realize this has come straight out of a comic, slightly adapted, but it's pretty much House of M. And it's, um, yeah, and it was very interesting to see them go, oh, really? I'm like, yep, yep, it's straight out of a comic. Yep, it's not, like, made up for television. Adapted, but I like it. See, I've got yeah. I've got very little of the, the comic backing for this one because a lot of my reading's not, well, wasn't Marvel, but... Um, uh, but major, I, major Marvel boy, but yeah. Yeah, but, um, no, I've I've been loving it because... Like starting out with that kind of nineteen fifties I Love Lucy and moving on from there. This is like you've you've moved on from I Love Lucy to Bewitched, and this is like most of my Channel Four daytime viewing as a child. So holidays, yeah, holiday holiday mornings TV, yeah, yeah. Which I I know people who are slightly younger than me, and they're like, "What is this nonsense?" Like, yes, clearly you did not watch the right television as a child. Let me educate. And then they still didn't understand it, so I, I gave up on them as a lost cause. They're like, what do you mean, Fraser? I'm like, Channel Four. Fraser, no. Well, it's always on. So, well, always, for years, it was on first thing, first thing in the morning on Channel Four, wasn't it? If we talk kind of theory on this, this is something because I, I unfortunately haven't had. I've been watching it with the, the other half, but haven't really had much opportunity to discuss it too in depth with many people, well, other than her. Um, do do we think that 
I'm very aware right now that I may have to bleep bits of this for the actual... Uh... Oh, no. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Close your ears. Just assume we said very bad words. I think that's safe. Let's do that. Yeah. Go on. So there's, I've heard some people suggest that, that Westview is not a grief creation of Wanda. Um, and uh, I can't remember his name now. It's actually uh, sort of created and maintained Vision. by the... Uh, no, no, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Star of sword and that he will yeah. be revealed to be the big bad in the end he's the one that's kind of keeping her there and controlling it and potentially has leaked the information to wander about vision's whereabouts and that's what's kind of started it but then they're kind of maintaining it and potentially more to it than meets the eye but i mean um, we've got we've got we've got three more and it could go a number of ways fundamentally it's about so the big bubble is definitely going to get expanded at the end because House of M was the reintroduction of mutants after she killed everyone um, or created the legacy virus. You can debate. Have you seen Logan? Yeah. So Logan, they, they, it's been denied as being the legacy virus, which is very similar to the virus that she created that wiped out mutants. And you can debate this, and I'm sure people disagree with this interpretation, but it's conceptually, she said no more mutants. And an awful lot of people died or lost their powers. And then there was a, a storyline that was called House of M, where she was kind of trapped in this alternate reality where she dreamed of having sons, who then became real for various ways afterwards. Uh, but fundamentally, they recreated mutants and put them back into the world. This bubble is, is, been, is, is speculated to then, towards the end, expand and then create mutants. Because X-Men are now part of the MCU. This is going to create the concept of the X-Men. How that will go forward from there, I don't know. It will be starting with her children and possibly uh, a brother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, starting with the children. Interesting. Different take on that one. Um, no, I, I yes, have... Because they're they're going to survive, so, and they're going to be, they're going to be so the first mutant. I, I, I'm going to be very controversial here in, in my views on um, the MCU. Um, in that I don't think that there is a good way you can have the current MCU and mutants stroke the X-Men in the same world. I don't think they fit together. I don't think they ever have. I don't think they ever will. Because you can't, so have, that, you can't have a world is... where you have Captain America, who is okay, admittedly he's passed to the MCU but you can't have a world where you've got Captain America who is a uh, lauded national hero and at the same time look at mutants and go, well clearly these people are pariahs against society. It, that doesn't work. So there's a long-standing, especially online debate about what who are mutants and who are not mutants. And you can debate, and part of the debate is things like, Bruce Banner survived the gamma radiation and became Hulk because he was a mutant. It wouldn't have manifested otherwise, but that's why. Captain America is the only man who survived Erkin Serum, Erskine Serum because he was a mutant. Blah, blah, blah. blah. There's, there's endless debates on various forums, and, and, and I'm past caring. But um, it's it, it just to basically um, keep me... MCU going. I don't really understand why why they need to cross franchises to just well, partly because actors age out. I, I, understand that. I understand that, but 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 these the two separate universes. And I'm sure they've like no, collided at certain points. No, they're not. They're entirely the same universe. What? So in, 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 the com- in the comics, they are the same place. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gen- generally, Fair enough, then. generally speaking. Um, 
obviously oh, generally are, speaking exactly the same place no, i mean as in, there, <laughs> there are multiple versions of them and there are some versions of the x-men that are slightly more hived off and there are some versions of the avengers that are slightly more hived off it depends on which bit of the comics you're talking about. oh totally and if you then start talking about mark miller and, and ultimates and countless other kind of variations and options totally which yes. most of mine like most of my reading of marvel has been a lot of the ultimate stuff you know which is fine because which is even good bits to some of the awful lot of what they've it's an awful lot of what they're taking for MCU is Ultimates. Yeah, I mean, right down to the costume choices. Um, I was... I, Iron I mean, Spider I, and everything else, for crying out loud. It's all, all Ultimates. I was only kind of sad that you didn't see um, Captain America hunting down Hank Pym to punch him in the face at one point. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, well, they didn't do that storyline, did they? They, they avoided they, that they one, and I'm glad they one, did. That was wise they did. <laughs> I think it's good that they did. Let's not have domestic abuse in, in uh, Avengers movies. Mm. But then again, that's one of those whole things of... Uh, was it Wasp being a mutant in that one and Hank Pym chasing around with fly spray at one point? Which is like, oh, what, yeah. what am I reading? What, what is going on? Wasn't the Wasp a victim of domestic abuse? Yes. That's literally the storyline we were just discussing. Yes. Oh, I thought he was just... Uh, I, I didn't get the reference. I was trying to go punch... Yeah. Oh, was he going it's to punch Wasp? It's, oh, okay. it's an interesting reference in Ultimates 2 where, where blatantly Mark Miller is, is referencing Watchmen and mirroring Watchmen, and um, I, I did find it very interesting reading that. Just thinking, you could just see uh, the way that Watchmen affected comics across the board. From it was like reaching back to the mid '80s and kind of, um, uh, yeah, and just paying homage to it in some respects. It was really, it's yeah, because that's yeah. if you want to find the first time that I remember that happening in comics, it was I was a lot younger. Ah, uh, yes, going back to Watchmen, people ultimately learning the wrong lessons. Yes, <laughs> like God. these people are not good people. None of them. Like, yeah, but Rorschach, no, no. <laughs> All of them in the bin. Like, that's the point. All of them in the bin. Yeah. Welcome I mean, Julie Cadre, all of them in the bin. It is, it, it is a fantastically well-written book. Like, flat out. It is, it, it has some great art in it. It changed comics. It changed comics. It did. Forever. Yeah. Like, Speaking I, I, of... of- I'm, I'm, I'm not sort of... good superheroes. Oh. Have you? And we may have discussed this when we were doing one of the uh, the movie episodes, but the boys. Oh yeah, I'm not up to date. Yes, uh, um, not up to date, but I've watched it. So uh, I've, I've I'm fully up to date with the boys. Um, I've been very much enjoying it as a series. Um, yeah, there is there are a couple of scenes in the last series. But frankly, one of them was like, "Yeah, okay, I can. This is this is very much modern America writ large because it was just focusing on one person, their experience with um, hate-filled talk radio, and and how they were this perfectly normal guy, and it just warped it into someone who would kill a convenience store clerk." Um, but then the end of the series revealed some alternate troubling politics with, um, uh, how can I put it? Uh, yeah, because I haven't watched it yet. I'm working yeah, on it. it. I got distracted. I got sidetracked. It, it's a plot involving someone who's very clearly meant to be um, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. I'm looking uh, forward to Jensen Ackles a lot. Oh, is he? What? Yes. He's Soldier Boy. He's coming, he's coming in next season as Soldier Boy. See, I don't know the plot of the comics, so... Nor do I. Nor do I. Not read any of it. Okay. But they have, men- but they've mentioned him, and he's the kind of in a, in a kind of Watchmen segue backwards. 
he's kind of that previous generation kind of thing, the way that Watchmen does that thing. But um, yeah, he's coming. He's there's a, there's a video on YouTube where they're all dressed as them, dressed in kind of civ- civvies, but wearing a t-shirt that kind of references their character. Most of the most of the people, and it's kind of a suit, a very low budget online trailery thing. And right at the end, Jensen Ackerwood comes in and, and talks about it. It's very very good. Silly, all of it silly. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm looking forward to uh, Joe Snackles being in it because obviously he's got previous form with the yeah. guy who created the show, Eric Kripke, um, having spent about 3,000 years in Supernatural. Oh. Uh, I love Supernatural, but I'm not up to date. I think I stopped about season seven, so I'm, half of it I haven't watched. So, uh, based on things we've been talking about, um, <laughs> uh, I just had a message from Rich Dean which says talking of not good superheroes brings you right back to Superman if we're honest and that's a whole can of worms <laughs> that, that is mm, sh- should one have that interesting or is his real superpower the fact that not corruptible um, <laughs> but there was oh, a second easily, misle- easily, easily misled though yes uh, interestingly Ultimately stupid. Go, going off onto a... That uh, works too. That going, works too. Going off onto another small tangent. Um, if anyone's ever read the book Red Sun, S-O-N. I thought you were going to go there. I did think you were going to go there. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. I love that book, but it's very interesting to see what happens when Superman is absent. And yes. how Lex Luthor fixes the world. Like, he creates this new utopia because he's not entirely consumed with defeating Superman. And I mean, just, he's like a good guy. I just sat there reading it going, this is insane, but you may have some sort of point. <laughs> like, obsession destroys even the best of us. Fair enough. Um, yeah, let's, let's go with that one. But Rich has, some, for some reason also, um, <laughs> tacked on to a, a, a very old conversation uh, that we had discussion on the movie podcast. What didn't I like about Kill Bill 2? Oh, God, that's going back to... Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So, if we're going on tangents, and believe me, we are. um, It's out of character, but we'll give it a go. I'm now going to have to look up what year Kill Bill 2 was in. Because... He's not really typing. He's clacking on a keyboard for effect. No, no, exactly. He's not not actually typing. It's a sound effect. His keyboard is silent, but it's a sound effect he's inserted. It's very clever, very high tech. He's got got a soundboard. I'm not really drinking this rum. It's purely sound effects for effect. So Kill Bill (laughs) Two. Kill Bill Two was 17 years ago. So I'm. I'm What? Yep. 2004. Uh, April that's last year, wasn't it? That's that's last year, year before, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. But so I'm going on memories of seeing it in the cinema at the time. So you'll have to be on this one. Uh, my hatred of Kill Bill Two. Hatred, hatred, yes. hatred. I, I hate Kill Bill Two. As but a you film. like Kill Bill One? <laughs> yes, I hate Kill Bill Two as a film because. Just sorry, Mike. To to. To postpone you even further. Yeah. So, uh, an interesting question you can come back to it maybe later on is: Would you have been happy if Kill Bill ended in Kill Bill One, and there was never no. a Kill Bill Two? No, he'd have wanted it. Ooh, ooh, interesting. Um, I actually think I would have been okay without a part two. I don't think that's true. I think you'd be like, "Oh my god, when are they going to make it? I want to see it." Because you're thinking saying it for dramatic effect, but, isn't he? But, but no, but, but this, this is the thing, right? I am perfectly happy. With an unfinished story that has an interesting ending, I, I didn't watch Kill. I didn't watch Kill Bill Two for a very long time. By the way, I, I didn't really want to. I was wasn't engaged. I like the first one. I like it a lot, but I never was quite engaged. So it's, it's kind of yeah. So I'm intrigued by your idea, your thoughts on that. I, I have never wanted to watch 
shit from the trailers that I saw. I haven't seen Kill Bill 2 at I, all. I recently because watched I thought the first... Have you oh. seen the first one? Yes, yes, I have. I thought it was a fantastic self-contained sort of story and I didn't like the, the trailer to the second one. I didn't think it really needed it, so I skipped it. Um, our... Um... After a previous conversation, I did track down the whole damn affair, quote unquote, as it's called, and I've watched it. And as one movie, it, it doesn't really still doesn't feel like one movie. I don't think it still feels like two kind of bolted together. But maybe it's because I've seen Kill Bill One on its own. But yeah, carry on, Mike. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I think that 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 is my big contention um, with the film as a whole. I don't think a good eighty to ninety percent um, of Kill Bill Two needs to exist. I don't think it adds anything to the first movie. I don't think it adds any characterization. I don't think it adds any. Well, the flashbacks, especially, I would say. It just, I don't think it adds. Yeah, the anything. flashbacks. I, I kind of, you kind of go, what, really, what, what? Uh, okay. Now, I will say, there is one segment of the film um, that I would almost certainly keep, um, and I'm not sure it's the same as other people would keep. In that, I do like the final confrontation with Bill. I, I do like that scene. Um, and it is a quieter, not action-based affair. It's a conversation. Followed by the... the oh, right, right at the very end, kind of in the garden. Yeah, yeah, the wonderfully dumb, in seven steps you will die. But it's like, yeah. that is properly... You know, martial arts plus Fist of the North Star. We're, yep. we're fine with this. Yep, I've watched uh, that a long time. So much of that film is... It's, it's a nothing. It's a wasteland. And I think I think with judicious editing and someone who's a little bit more focused, you could make one really good film between the. Um, Kill Bill I definitely, one. I definitely agree with you. You don't need a lot of those flashbacks. You don't need a lot of the history. You just don't care. You're not, I wasn't interested. You're just kind of like, oh, really? More of this? Where? When's the story going to go forwards? I just kind of. It's like, I, you know, you've got uh, was it a uh, pie May in there? And like, if you were making the TV series version of this. Perfect character put in there. He's he, he works in the movie version. Mm, do we really need that much of him? Um, I uh, oh, the um the sword. That'd be that's the that'd be you mean? Am I get confused? Uh, Pyme, he's the the like the the master who trains her. Yeah, the, the sensei. It's that memorable. He can't remember that part of the film. Uh, 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 <laughs> I was What's say, name? But yes, I I I would tend to agree that I think with judicious editing. That film could have very easily been well. Those films could have very easily been one film, and I think it's it's almost kind of a, a the hallmark of, of Tarantino was that he he's, he's loath to let certain things go, and he I think that was was what it was, and I think it was maybe a part of my French a dick swinging competition over you know studio saying no, you need to get it cut down, you need to get it done into one film, and it's all just obviously potentially just. Uh, I can't think. Conjecture is the word. Um, I think at this point we should apologise for Mr Smith's language and blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, what I would say is... Or the lack of it. Or the lack of it, perhaps. Yes. Uh, yeah. much, much as I do like uh, a lot of Tarantino's stuff, uh, late yeah. last year I did watch one of his more recent projects, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I like that. I sat there and I thought, this is the most self-indulgent nonsense oh, I've oh, seen oh, in years. Oh, no, it is. It is, it is. I enjoyed it, though. It is. It's very self-indulgent. Like, fair enough if, if you're into that. But I was like, as as a love letter to Hollywood, go and watch the Coen Brothers' Hail Caesar. Go and pick it's, up... Um, that is such a good film. Hail yeah, Caesar. It's, it's just, so good. 
it is a, it isn't it isn't a love letter because there's a level of thumbing to Hollywood over Roman Polanski and stuff in amongst that too, though, isn't there? There's there's a level of thumbing the nose at uh, um at Hollywood too. I think. Is there really? I, I think there is. I'm not sure. I saw much commentary, and uh, I may well miss something. I was I I, mean, I, don't, I was bored at points, um, so I may have missed sort of damning commentary of Roman Polanski. Um, no, not damning. Just I think I think um I think more positive in some respects, but yeah. Mm, that that makes it interesting then because uh, yeah uh, I'm not sure how you could have a positive commentary on Roman Polanski in the modern world um, uh, let's not get into that in this context y- y- on, in yeah. a public conversation oh, it, I mean it, it, is, it is a big conversation Cause, because because what he's found guilty of wouldn't even be illegal in this country uh, okay that's more so of a conversation di- that, that is more yeah. of a conversation than I'm willing to have and that's yeah, yeah no, no, me. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, there's more to it than that, but um, mm. like, if you want the love letter to Hollywood, I would say pick up Hail Caesar, pick up La La Land. Oh, I like that. And yeah. both of those films are better films. Um, Tarantino, he has an on again, off again thing for me. It's like he produces some absolutely brilliant stuff, like Hateful Eight, which I love to pieces. And and then there's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is like, get on with it, <laughs> do something. Like I realise it's meant to be a whole atmospheric piece and it's building you into things, and that's. Fine. I like the way. I like the way it's an eighteen. It's an eighteen for the last ten minutes. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah that's, and that was generally like, oh, okay, we're going here, are we? Um, well, I was watching it going, why? Why is this an eighteen? Why is this an eighteen? Anyone knows why it's eight? Why? Uh oh. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. I'm going to put my drink down. Right. I mean, I, I will say partially, I did have to have like. A, a Wikipedia session afterwards to just go, what the hell was that? Who was that? Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's a, mm, that, yeah, that's genuinely Oh, worse. do you not know who she was? Oh, okay. Right. No, I... Just to, just to uh, interject, should we have, like, one of our favourite movies and one of our favourite TV series over this lockdown period each have sort of like a, a discussion on that? Uh, fa- fa- favourite... Uh... TV series and movie over the lockdown period. God, just just one of each, and just why? Ooh, that's mm, okay. That's that's a serious question, Benj. Gonna have to think. Yeah, you could have you could have warned us. You could have prepared for this. Yeah, no, no, I just I just would have thought. I just would have thought that that you'd have had one sort of like stand out of each, basically, because there 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 are some things that I've discovered that I over this period that I'd never, you know would have had the time to investigate okay and i've 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 already done 1917 which was like my movie of last year hands down i love it. i've already gone on the on the pod on but, the record yes on the record but there are more we films. can't call the podcast that somebody else is that yeah <laughs> there, there are more films that i watched after that um it's a choice of three um it's going to be either upgrade, simple favor, or sorry to bother you. And I think, huh, I think. So I tried sorry to bother you, and I turned it off after a while. Oh. Bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't gone back to it. Because um, I, I, I you tr- recommended it to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, so for the way I described uh, sorry to bother you is that it's a bit like uh, Black Mirror, um, but it's. Got more of a um, like an African American cultural um, background to it, 
Um, and I thought as a film, it really worked. I, I mean, I would say it's got a, it's got a slow start, definitely. Um, but it is it it uh, it's a film that's put in that sort of slightly hyper real near future and how ridiculous the world can be from there. Um, I think that's I probably wouldn't pick that as my top film of lockdown, but it's 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 up there. I think a simple favor would get it. That is good. I did enjoy simple favor. That is very good. So uh, I don't know, Alex um, Ben, have you heard of a simple favor? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. I've seen it. We saw it, I think, in, in the cinema. I think we watched that uh, a couple of years ago when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. Cinema? It's a, a while since I've seen it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't. It was good. It was good. I'll not say too much more because it probably spoil it for people who haven't seen it. See, for, for reference in my book, that was a four and a half star film. Yeah. I, I could think of the worst film I've seen in the last 12 months. Oh, God. That you maybe think of it directly. I think that's Six Underground. <laughs> That, that is trap. My mum recommended that. My mum recommended it. And my mom, I know my mum likes awful films. She does. She likes really bad films. She watches almost anything and, and be like, oh, it's amazing. I'm like, it really wasn't. Um, and I'm like, okay, we'll give it a go. I like Ryan Reynolds. You know, it's fun, isn't it? Even in bad films, he's worth watching. No. Just no. He disappears halfway through it, doesn't he, as well? <laughs> like, where's he gone? I love it when mums recommend action movies. You always just go out to step back and say, nah, nah, <laughs> oh, sorry. My, my mom, yeah, but for some context, my mum likes sci-fi and, all, and a wide variety of cinema, but still no. So does my mum. My mum introduced me to okay. Alien at a young age. You know, I shouldn't have been watching because it scared the shit out of me. I, I loved sci-fi afterwards, but... Uh, um, but her movie taste has definitely gone sort of downhill. She was recommending half of the Netflix like originals most recently. I mean, that Six Underground was one of them. All of those have been utterly disappointing. Whoa, Benj. Wait. I yeah, have, sorry. I have a feeling that you, you, you're going to say something that, that is going to be your undoing in a second. Okay, go on, man. The Old Guard? What? Sorry? The Old Guard. Oh, ooh. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's very good. I, I haven't seen that. So I can't comment. Okay. Yeah. So if, if if you think of the load of the Netflix original films, and they have a very, they have a checkered history, should we say? Let's let's be kind. If you think the Netflix original films have been very up and down, the old guard is definitely one of the ups. Um, it was like it was a film I expected nothing from. I looked at it and thought. This looks kind of trashy, and it's probably going to be a bit naff. And ah, uh, but I've got two hours to kill, might as well. And half a bottle of port. <laughs> We're not quite that. And okay, then watched it. Went, huh? Yeah. This, this, this is this is genuinely engaging. I, I want to know more about this. Give me yeah, more I want of another these people. One. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I saw part of a. Tra- I saw what I thought was a spoiler for it. I didn't realize it happened in the first five minutes, and mm. had. I, I would say no bearing on the rest of the film, but it has not the bearing you think when you just see a screenshot of it, um, which is someone um, basically bloodily being shot to pieces. Um, and I was just so surprised that I really enjoyed that film. Um, for anyone who's not seen it, it is a Charlize Theron vehicle. Theron. Theron. Um, <laughs> Theron. She's done a YouTube video just about how to pronounce her name. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. 
Revolution film. I I've had it, my name pronounced badly enough times that I reserve the right to mispronounce everyone else's as well. But well, did we call you Mikado because we like it? But um, yeah, I, I would I would definitely recommend the Old Guard uh, if if you want an action movie with a is it a, it's not really a sci-fi spin. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but not. Yeah, yeah. it's like it, it it deals with ancient history, but yeah, it's. Mm. It's 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 definitely. It's, uh, it's described as a, as a superhero film. Pardon? Uh, it's it's described as a superhero uh, hero film, action fantasy superhero film. I'm not sure I call it that, but yeah. Action fantasy. I'd kind of action go fantasy. With. Yeah. I I'm fairly said it was made in Russia, but it's not. It was released in Russia first, apparently. Ah, season two. Um, I was about to say that about Russia. So it reminds me a little bit of of um, Nightwatch. In a weird way. Nightwatch. Nightwatch was a good movie. Oh, calling it a superhero film makes more sense now I've seen who wrote it. Greg Rucker. Okay, name clearly not ringing any bells. No. Uh, he's um, he's a com- comic book writer, does a load for, uh, done a load of Batwoman uh, detective comics. Ooh. Uh, I'm fairly certain he did the, the run of Batwoman, I've got the hardback. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, he's he's a good writer. Also, uh, completely off, off piece, uh, wrote the, uh, the Perfect Dark novels. Um, which, despite being built around an utterly terrible sequel, were actually fairly decent novels. Cool. So anyway, I, I, I've gone off on my film for uh, lockdown, which was a simple favour. Um, the TV series. Pardon? Yeah, TV series now. TV series. Only oh, that's, that's also difficult. Um, I don't know whether I'd say Mandalorian or Lower Decks. I think... Just... I, try, I tried Lower Decks. I'd like to set fire to it. <laughs> oh, in that case, I need to pick it then. <laughs> I, I, I like, I, I, I mean, I like the idea, and I enjoyed the start of it, and I'm like, and it got so far in, I think oh, I watched about three or four, and I'm like, I think I've had enough of this. And I like, like, I like Final Space, and I like that kind of style and and anarchic, you know. And I love Rick and Morty and weird, but uh, but like, I like the idea. I, d- I couldn't tell you what's missing. I, I couldn't. I, I'd struggle with it, but it's right. Yeah. See, humans I, missing. I I hate I, to... I hate Rick and Morty. I, I love, love Rick X. and Morty. I love Rick and Morty. <laughs> wow, me and Mike. I've watched Rick and Morty at least four or five times, at least. So, such a bad taste in my mouth. I had to go watch the Wrath of Khan, and then I was all right again. See, yeah, I, I, I thought it had like some some nice jokes based around Trek humor. It had an actual building plot arc throughout the season. Weirdly, um, it just so I need to contextualize this because when Lower Decks started, the last Star Trek thing we'd seen was Picard. Oh yeah, oh quite like Picard. And Picard was so inutterably awful. Oh, I like Picard. I could not stand Picard. It, I loved it. Because it was what, heartwarming, it was awesome, it was it, everything I wanted from a new Star Trek series. Heartwarming! Heartwarming! Mm, loved it. Okay, how is it heartwarming to have <laughs> Riker on a planet in the middle of nowhere basically just moping because his kid died? It, like, everything that happened in that in that series was here's someone you remember from an old series and something terrible's happened to them. Yeah. Hey, 
Remember that guy from Voyager? Here's him having his eye ripped out. Hope you enjoyed that moment of sore for the start of this episode. <laughs> Oh, that was horrible. See this? I this, quite, this, I quite that, like the, that was unnecessary. This is a nice. I quite scene. like the other half of the story from the um, from the oh I can't remember what it's called now. So the new Star Trek movies. So it's the other half of the story from the new Star Trek movies, isn't it? So it's the events that lead up to to the time traveling back um, for no. for the. No, oh, no, what's it called? It's, it's, well, it's well past Kelvin. That. The Kel the Kelvin. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's well past the point where the Kelvin timeline is created. It's it's, it's years the same after. events. No, it's the same events. No, it's years. It's events after. that lead up to the Kelvin. No, it's well, it's, it's, a... it's so okay. I'm going to go Trek nerd on you now. The Romulan Star Happy Empire. Alex. The Romulan Star Empire has been destroyed in Picard. Yeah, yeah. That was the event that basically they knew about that and they sent this the ship essentially to stop that from happening. Yes, yes. So the Kelvin timeline has already created its universe elsewhere. This isn't a prequel to any of the like. Oh no, no, it's not. But it's it's the other connecting bit because you didn't really understand what had happened, and it was quite nice to have something that was talking about what had happened that caused it. What do you mean connecting bit? This is the bit that's way after. Um, yes, but it's talking about the, what occurred in the past tense. So I felt I learned a lot about what led up to the events that uh, created. Uh, the time, uh, anyway, time. I really like the Mandalorian season two. No, I, no, I did too. No, I love that. We are not letting go of this. I have more <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> I would also like to say that I am not deliberately trolling Mike either then, for change. Then we then then they get to bring Hugh back. You know that character from TNG who is like the first individual Borg, and it was yeah. like a, a, a lovely tale of how he refound his individuality, then kind of collapsed the collective society. Um, yeah, several episodes, a good good four yeah, or five episode stories. Yeah, then they brought him back in just to spoiler alert. Okay. If you don't know what happened to Picard, turn off now. They brought him back just to kill him. Then you have <laughs> stu- stupid goth Legolas who's wandering around with <laughs> no purpose for the entire season. Um, what else was there? Oh, oh, let's not forget the Romulan incest twins because they're a thing now, apparently. Whose entire personalities were ripped off from two critical role characters, pretty much entire. Um, one of whom disappears in the finale for no apparent reason. At some point, he's just not there anymore. Why? Dunno! The other one gets kicked into the pit of nothing by Seven, who... Uh, yeah, let's bring in a Borg cube. What are we going to do? Eject the Borg into space? Yeah, sure, why not? Five minutes. Five minute solutions for the Borg. <laughs> then, then you have the fact that this entire series is the plot of Mass Effect One done badly. Okay. I was hate watching that entire series because I couldn't believe episode and episode how much worse it was getting. And then they had the episode where Picard did a cod French accent. My mind was blown. I had to turn it off then and just walk away for half an hour because I couldn't take it anymore. It was... Okay, okay. so lower deck. And what was the last one? <laughs> I, I'm with Alex. I, I, I think I'm with Alex on, um, on Mandalorian Season 2. Mandalorian was, okay. Mandalorian was fantastic. Okay, like, However, uh, with that said, I'm not convinced that Mandalorian Season 2 was my favourite season of lockdown. Oh. Or what's favourite TV of lockdown? Yeah, with this movie and series just because of that order 
I don't know. There has been there's been stuff that I'm in the back of my mind going, yeah, that was really good, but I can't actually play, can't tie it down and give you a kind of a oh, that was the most amazing movie of lockdown. I'm struggling to what it was. There's been some definitely some stuff that I've uh, that we've watched and I'm kind of going, oh, that was really good, but I can't remember what, more prep time needed. I can't tell you what they were. Um, to be continued. Yeah, um, yeah. We can we can have a half episode dedicated to your musings and then Mike <laughs> rambling on about all about how wrong I am. Yeah. <laughs> You you bring up Picard again. You best be prepared for those consequences. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And this I enjoyed is it. I love poor taste. I don't get, I don't get animated often on things, but that oh boy. Oh, I wish I'd known. I'd I'd wind you up more. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, movie and TV series go. Well, uh, a bit like I'm not sure on the movies, but my my favourite series was it's a, it's a small indie production. Not many people have heard of it. It's called Picard, I think something along. The <laughs> no, I, I kid, I kid. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. You win, Alex wins. That's very good. Uh, no, my I, well, I don't know. I, I I struggle with absolutes and and saying that something is my definite favourite, but. I mm. did really like Bridget. I know it. I haven't uh, watched it yet. I haven't watched oh, it. Yet. Very good. Not very seen good. it. Very good. Very good. It's, I'd like uh, to. I haven't got rights to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's yeah. probably. I, I would, if I if someone had a gun to my head, I probably would say Mandalorian because I mean, it, it's content that Star Wars fans have been begging for for years and years, and you can't yeah. kind of you can't turn your nose up at that. It is. It is so good. It, I mean, it's and and. I don't know. It's, I think we're at a uh, kind of turning point now, um, or at crossroads almost. And well, you hope it's got, Well, yeah, it's got potential to go a couple of ways. Obviously, they've announced the uh, Boba Fett series. They've got a series three of Mandalorian. We've got Ahsoka Tano. We've got yeah. all these sort of new things coming. And you know, there is that niggly bit in the back of your mind that says, well, "Are they are they going to push it too far? Are they going to do too much?" And, Please then, don't fuck it up. Please don't fuck it up. Please don't be fucking up. Please don't fuck it up. If you keep on board, I was going to say, probably be fine. That, that, that's what, what you need to remember is we've got George Lucas 2.0 on board. Um, so, you know, he... What, what, what really sold his kind of investment into Star Wars for me, and I know we actually touched on it at the time, but during the, the kind of the making of season one um, series, he has a, a bit of a monologue about the whole reason why the the prequels are so important and how in essence the whole skywalker saga arcs on the the battle between darth maul and qui-gon jinn and oh kind of the repercussion and, and yeah the yeah that's really good jewel of the fates and yeah yeah that's yeah it. it's and, and and dave filoni gets star wars he yeah. gets it he knows that what it's about and what he's i think more so than than like even the most die-hard of fans yeah, yeah. Even, more than us even you know i don't for a second I, I can't claim to be the most die-hard star wars fan in the world i don't know everything there is about the kind of the canon in all the different comics and all that sort of stuff and but yeah he, he just gets it he knows he, you, you kind of you've got that faith that he is if he's at the helm if he's at the wheel he's going to steer it in the right direction well he, i mean he, but, he talks about how the fact that he, you know, he sat there for ages with george lucas kind of just talking through what star wars means how certain things work why certain things happened the way they did and it's developed in him that sort of innate understanding of well that's that's how the force works that's that's how these things balance out that's what this means 
Yeah. And yeah, he, he does. Do you have mean a... the chosen one? Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, didn't quite hear all that, but I yeah, talking about the bad batch. I'm guessing, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. Just yeah, I, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't watched all of Clone Wars yet, so uh, I'm in progress. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the bad batch are just uh, some clones who are going to be introduced near the end of uh, Clone Wars, and yeah, it's it's an interesting tangent to take it on. Um, the end of Clone Wars, though. Oh boy, that was uh, that was a lot, and again. It's Dave Filoni doing what he does and like running. This bit isn't a spoiler, so and running the four-part finale was it of Clone Wars up against Revenge of the Sith, so you could almost intercut the two. Yeah, and you know minute to minute what's happening and where. That was like there's there's a lump in the throat for certain. Parts. Very very, and it's it's it, it is a love that has just gone across into uh, The Mandalorian. Even when you've got these sort of very sort of standalone episodes occasionally, that's just like yeah, this this is uh, Seven Samurai in space. One more do you want? Yeah. Like, I like the standalone episodes when series do that instead of just continuing on the on the one arc. But then I think... You know, like, the, but this, this is the thing. He made it so that it was a standalone episode but it also added more yeah. to who... The Mandalorian was, and you like that's great writing and direction to be able to do that. Oh, obviously, Dave Filoni doesn't direct every single. Dallas Howard, and yeah, uh, well, actually, there's, there's a whole there's a whole collection of people whose names that I kind of uh, Taika Waititi, yeah, Taika Waititi, yeah, yeah, yeah who um, oh, there's something he's talking, I'm blanking on. Looking forward to, but yeah, Thor. Uh, the next next Thor movie, isn't he? But yeah, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit was. Spot That's on. very good. Um, Are you not movie yeah, choice, oh. um, I don't know movie wise. You kind of watched quite a lot of, of kind of trash almost, and and I mean, you talk about Six Underground, and you know, I I didn't hate that movie, and I didn't hate it because I, I think it's it's about how you go into them. I think. I mean, I, I always remember kind of discussing the uh, remake of the Italian Job with my with my dad back when that kind of came out. Um, and that kind of caused a bit of uproar at the time because obviously the Italian job, iconic British movie, you know, yeah. full of class, full of kind of the witty one-liners, you know, great cast in there. Um, and obviously the Italian job was, the, the remake was, was very different to that. And, and it's kind of like, if you go into it, knowing kind of who's in it, you know, the climate that we're in with films at that time, you know, expecting it to be a shoot-for-shoot shoot remake and, and to have that same feel as the original Italian job, you're going to get let down because that's not what it's going to be. But if you go into it kind of expecting it to be a bit of a fun kind of, you know, action romp that, that you know, you don't really have to care about moving forwards, then, then yeah. And, and I mean, Yeah, but you might as well just sum that up as saying it's a Michael Bay movie. Well, and move on. It's 11.5 or 12.5, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Not all Michael Bay movies are horrible. If you go mm, into them they, knowing what they're they going to be, are, are they not? There's, there's a Michael Bay movie even I will defend. In fact, uh, if it's old, then fine. But, I mean, his most recent stuff has just been give me that money, you know, and explosions. I, but don't forget, though, that stuff makes money. Yeah. So, that's uh, true. two films of his I will always defend are uh, The Rock. Oh, yeah. Yes. Which yeah. is... 
just like uh, is excellent and uh, the island the um Ewan McGregor yep mm. can't remember the girl's name who's the girl Scarlett Johansson oh is it oh yeah. yeah I couldn't picture who it was I couldn't picture who it was I mean let's just look at the cast of the island um Ewan McGregor Scarlett Johansson uh Jim Hunso Sean Bean Steve Buscemi Michael Clark Duncan yeah, but the cast that really sold it rather than the directing I mean, the, di- the... the directing is perfectly fine um and as a, okay. as a film i felt it worked um it, i don't like, think i don't it, think uh, if you've it, got a poor director the best cast in the world won't carry it yeah it worked to the point where he actually went back for a later film and went actually a later film but basically there are effects shots in the island that are also in other ones of his films because he went, I like that shot, I'm just using it again. Like, does it make sense? Nope, I'm cutting it in anyway. Let's lose the same same spaceship shots in all these films. I, th- I think it was the island that, the scenes from the island that turned up in Transformers. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, no. Because there's, there's like a scene where they're going down the highway and a, 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 something happens to a truck and he just goes, yeah, I'll use that again. Like, that, that is economical directing on a level hitherto unknown. Although that said, if you do want cheap stuff like that there is a wonderful US series from mid 90s um, that licensed a segment of Terminator 2 oh. so, so you have this horrific like low budget series where at some point someone busts out a window and starts firing at a minigun at cop cars below like hang on oh I've seen that clip no I've, I've seen that I've clip I've seen this I've before seen that clip. yeah <laughs> um, I I always find it interesting when later on in especially 80s TV shows that Airwolf springs to mind I watched this mini documentary about Airwolf recently where the third and fourth series where Jan Michael Vincent left he's in like the first one as a handover they they lost the helicopter entirely it was either it was either owned by somebody else and couldn't use it so every single helicopter shot from the, from the third and fourth seasons of Airwolf that none of us have probably watched over here anyway do are all old footage, and the same is true of those later awful Battlestar Galactica series. Like I mean, the eighties ones, oh. where they ended up with on Earth with different people. All those shots are like all from the beginning, and no new ones are made. So once you've watched the first few episodes, it's repeating over and over and over again. So bad. Well, did anybody actually finish watching the? Um, did anybody actually finish watching the Orlando Bloom fairy thing on Amazon? What was it called? Um, like Victorian oh, I know steampunk what, London. You mean like Carnival something or other? Yeah, Carnival Row, that's it. Um, they really finished watching that because I started it. I really enjoyed it. And some reason got waylaid and then was never compelled to go back to it. I never started watching it. I did but, actually see um, with WandaVision obviously being released recently, there was something on one of these um, syndicated kind of websites of the... Uh, the five best and five worst delayed TV series, or five TV delayed TV series that were great and five that were trash, or something along those lines. Something very hot take. Um, and Carnival Row was well, in the- well summarised, Alex. Well summarised. Very good. <laughs> Carnival Row was it was in the trash section. So I don't know what that says about it, but yeah, allegedly. I like what I saw of it, but it didn't have enough to draw me back in to make me want to watch more of it. If you know what I mean, which probably says a lot on its own. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's, it can be hard sometimes, and it's there is that much content out there nowadays that you know, unless something is really grabbing you, it's hard to stay invested and hard to keep going. It well, is, and also speaking, uh, and going, back to, going back to going back to going um, back to to uh, Benji's question. That's part of the problem as well because there's so much of it, and and I I know I've had that really rewarding kind of engaging feeling from watching stuff in the last twelve months, 
but I'm struggling to pinpoint it without spending time giving it some thought and even discussing it. I'm going to struggle to come up with an answer. It's very weird. Uh, going back to Alex's uh, point just now, and uh, speaking of hard to keep going, um, I have just been prodded that uh, someone in the group would like to go and watch the Super Bowl. Um, so perhaps it might be It's better. a superb owl. I don't know what you're talking about. There's no Super Bowl. It's a, a tawny owl that's that's knocking around in my loft. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Joke wasn't Nature, just like um, I've, just, I've just got one thing with regards to... I couldn't come up with a movie either, so I guess my question was really flawed, but I came up with a TV series. Oh, yeah, no one has been. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's a reason to come back to this again. Yeah. To give it some thought and uh, come up with our best kind of talking point, uh, that talking point in more detail. I could Add to the fact that I've got a 13-year-old that needs to put to bed because she's still playing Fortnite. <laughs> what, what, what's your, your favourite... TV series though, Bench, what are you? Uh, it was um, it was uh, the Terror, um, which uh, came out in 2018, actually. Um, so it's quite an old one. It was about the um, Arctic uh, voyage of the HMS Terror and the HMS Erebus, uh, where the two sh- ships got stranded, basically looking for a, a way through the Arctic Circle. And isn't that the start of the first Transformers film by Michael Bay? Mm. Isn't it the start of the thing? Isn't that the end of Titanic? <laughs> no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. I, no, I highly recommend uh, TV series. He's not actually talking, it's just distortion at this point. Uh, yeah. Is it really? It's getting there, Bench. Is that an answer? I'm sorry. Uh, I couldn't do this on mobile connection. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good. Ten episode TV series, uh, uh, also written by Simmons. What so, platform is that on Bench? What, what do you mean by platform? Like, is it Netflix, Amazon? Um, I had to, I had to buy it. It was on, it was on Amazon, but it's the AMC original. Oh, okay. Um, but, um, it was well worth it. It has a really good cast. Yeah. Really good actually, actually, I can tell you what. I tell you what, my my lockdown best TV series. Unfortunately, it got removed from Netflix. I got into Mad Men last year. That's what I really enjoyed. That I kind of stopped watching because they took it off Netflix. And I need to track it down I have somewhere a feeling else again. That might be coming to Disney Plus with this star. What with, AM, with it's that AMG? That was it's, it's what started the oh, it's AMC, isn't it? It's what started the AMC TV show. It's what became Walking Dead and all those things. It was it's Mad Men was the first one, wasn't it? Uh, it's on Amazon. Then, right? Oh, is it? Okay. I think it is. I think I think you have to buy it or something. Uh, it's on one of those channel things. Okay, right. So let's have a quick look now. We'll see. But yeah, we'll put this we one to re- bed, as they say. Yes, we should revisit and come back to the the, um, the best um, lockdown and have a have more arguments about Picard. Definitely. Yeah, we can just we'll, we'll say about that. Really, why Picard is the best Star Trek series ever? Yeah, right. Yeah, more please. Definitely more. Uh, for, for for reference, Mad Men is not coming to star in the UK. However, the entire no. the entire Scrubs is, and I am tremendously thankful for that. I don't want to watch that all again. I mean, it's good, but oh. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think we should. Big um, one make you cry. It would appear we should start to Mad wrap Men up there before Ben disappears on... entirely into um, the ether. And you just and you just left with Mark and I arguing over a bald man. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. No, true. Anyway, it, it Alex, would appear, do you want to sign us off? It would appear. No, no, not yet. It would appear that Mad Men is included in Prime in the UK. Oh, is it? I'll check it out. To, that's where it is. Anyway, no? 
You've been listening to Elite Car Drive, the, well... Podcast. Podcast. I don't think we can really say too much more. The podcast. <laughs> I've been Alex. I've been, I, I've, I've been I've been painting. I've been Kurt. <laughs> Static. And, and Benj has disappeared. The... <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am Benj. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not you disappearing down a well, Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what it feels. I, I, you know, it's come full circle. I, I, I now know how you feel or how you felt. Yeah, th- this episode, you are not the one who's on the telephone from Mexico. No, Mike's gone. <laughs> it's everyone but me going. Everyone but me is going. Are they? That's you then. Maybe it is me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, anyway, say Listen to Elite Cadre, a War Machine and Hordes podcast. Email us at elitecadrepodcast at gmail.com or find the whole team on Twitter at bit.ly forward slash elite cadre. Music provided by Martin DeBont and Symphony of Spectres. And now, in a world of perfect production and seamless transitions, we bring you the chaos that lurks beneath the surface. These are the Easter eggs. So we need to stop uh, saying fucking bugger. No, not really. No, we start. We need to start saying that, Alex. Oh, okay. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Cool. Um, yeah, sort of, anyway. I'm kind of still breathing, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, look at the positives, obviously. If you continue beyond that. Absolutely. <sighs> oh, wow. This... YouTube Studio has changed. I get live analytics and like stream health and uh, all sorts of things that I will doubtlessly not be looking at. Stream health? Is it monitoring your health or the health of the podcasts? Health of the population? The nation? The nation, Bench, clearly. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Yes, uh, little did we know the government are uh, relying on... uh, YouTube Studio to uh, to to monitor the nation's COVID rating. Not to get too far into politics, but it's not like it could do a worse job. You <laughs> <laughs> still work for the NHS. I do work for the NHS, and you're also oh. involved in that kind of grief of trying to do this. Do you know what? We get report requests with like half a day's notice to pull information together that they've never asked for before. It's just such a nightmare. Marginally I clapped better than for you. I clapped for you about twice. Did you? Um, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't. Good, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Bench.
God, I actually work. Seen um, also, well, we talked about it probably last in the in the spring, but since May, since April last year, I actually work for a hospital, an acute hospital. So it's like a okay. proper like. Uh... I must say, there were three times I did feel like pressured by like my surrounding neighbours, you know, peer pressure, and then I just stopped giving a crap. I paid my Best taxes way. and voted for parties that wouldn't destroy the NHS. But again, that's moving off topic. <clears throat> so did I. It didn't work, did it? No, it didn't work. Well, you know, we can always try armed rebellion. That's a thing. Um... <laughs> Podcast of positivity, people. <laughs> Podcast of positivity, Actually... people. Definitely not any form of civil unrest. <clears throat> I've lost the tab with this is streaming. Dear Lord, that was a mess. But fun. <laughs> yeah, has it ever been anything yeah, else? Occasionally, but no. When it's, it's, more, when it's more fun, it's more of a mess. But you know, what can you do? I have actually been hobbling right. and painting while I've been talking, by the way. So, now, a, now I have a, Fortnite. Just, now I have Fortnite on the telly next to me. I wasn't joking. Just as a quick one to anyone get... who's been listening to the stream, thank you very much. I know there's been a, two or three of you on there, but we are in the stream there for the evening. And uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go and watch my. Uh, my owl, so I will uh, bid you all adieu. Regards to the owl. Excellent. Peace yeah. and love. Love you all. Yeah. There we go. I have you. a 